Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. Hey everybody and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network presents Marking Out the Days Weekend Warrior Edition Episode 7. This episode will be covering June 6th, 1992. I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and as always, I am joined here with Dave Rosenbluth. Dave, what's going on? Hey, buddy, what's up, man? Uh, long time no speak. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's good, man. I'm I'm excited. It's a it's an exciting time again in wrestling with all the Moxley stuff going on. Um, there's a lot of Moxley. There's a lot of Moxley going around in the air. Is that a verb or I don't know. I don't know. It sounded like it sounded like a venereal disease the way you described it a second ago. <laughs> the mox. The there. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That bitch gave me the moxley. Do you believe it? I ain't fucking with her no more. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, it's an exciting time, though, in wrestling, as you've spoke about on your show, Kick It Out at Two. And as I will speak on my show, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, uh, before we get into all the details of everything, we have a good community here at Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Dave, you got a great show over at Kicking Out at Two. You want to tell the folks anything that's happened on your show last week, this week, and next week? Yeah, um, last week we covered, um, we did a, a special extended roll call edition of Kicking Out at Two covering the current day events in wrestling. Um, we covered the John Moxley interview on Talk is Jericho, my thoughts on uh, AEW's Double or Nothing, um, attending Money in the Bank uh, earlier in the month, as well as previewing the NXT TakeOver 25 event, which I was at last Saturday. I'll get into that shortly. Um, so that, that was a lot of fun. Like I said, I'm normally a retro nostalgia podcast, but uh, I thought changing it up for one week wasn't going to, wasn't gonna, you know... Um, steer away the fan base of nostalgic wrestling fans so um you you could find the extended roll call over in the archives at the retromania pro wrestling podcast network over on podbean as well as soundcloud.com and our social media facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two as well as our twitter handle at kicking out two uh this week we bring back our trading places series covering king of the ring award winners from 1993 to 2002 we take each and every king and we determine or we we come up with in our in in our own heads, and when I say we, I mean really me, because I was flying solo on that one again this week because my schedule's all kinds of whacked out. Um, but uh, yeah, we take uh, the King of the Ring award winners from '93 to '02, and we flip the script. We play role reversal like we do with every trading places, and and we come up with realistic trajectories, or so I think we do, of uh, what their opponents would have been like had they been the King of the Ring. So for instance. Uh, Owen Hart won King of the Ring in 1994. What if he didn't? And what if it was Razor Ramon? How would Razor Ramon have adopted the King of the Ring concept to his character? Same thing goes with, uh, you know, a Steve Austin. Steve Austin in 96 had the famous Austin 316 promo. What if that didn't happen? What if Jake the Snake eked out the victory over Austin in that King of the Ring finals? How would Jake have fared wearing the crown, ascending the throne of King of the Ring in 1996? We cover all those possibilities and then some with Trading Places, King of the Ring winners, 93-02. to And next week, we got a pretty fun show planned for you. Is the 14-year anniversary of ECW One Night Stand takes place on June the 12th. We are going to do a special watch party on Kicking Out at 2. You can watch it on WWE Network with us. 
It's going to be a lot of fun. ECW One Night Stand, the, the night that WWE allowed the ECW brand to reunite under their banner for one night only. Um, it's going to be pretty fun. So we got all that and then some going on over at Kicking Out at Two. Sounds fun. And Vince McMahon was, of course, like, well, I mean, I'll let the ECW run one more time. It's basically my creation. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I look forward to that. Everything there on Kicking Out at Two, as well as Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. And you guys can stay tuned with the upcoming shows that are going to be previewed. Little teasers, little hints, little pictures, uh, all on our Facebook page at Retromania with a W. You can write to us at Retromania Podcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter retromania pod and you can find all of our podcasts on any podcast searching app by searching retromania with a w that's google play stitcher itunes anything like that podbean is the home so go there get everything our back archive catalog we have over 130 podcast so uh yeah plenty of content for you that's probably over 200 hours or 300 hours i would say of listening content so plenty of stuff there for you guys yeah you guys will never get bored with what we got going on over at the retro mania pro wrestling podcast network between marking out the days kicking out at two gaijin wrestling radio hulkamania is dead origins of attitude we got all kinds of great content over there that you guys should go check out you know, I know most wrestling fans out there, they like wrestling podcasts from guys that are in the business, guys that have been there. But, you know, we try to bring you a organic, true wrestling fans perspective on the state and the history of professional wrestling. So you guys can go check that out over there. Give us a listen and let us know what you think. We're not we're not the experts, but I think we have a pretty good perspective on uh on, on the comings and goings in the history of pro wrestling. So check it out over there at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over at Podbean. Absolutely. We're smart fans. We don't complain too much. Um, uh, you know, it's not like we're out here just to vent about and bitch about the current product and then hype uh, other stuff. Uh, we find little silver linings and everything, and uh, we, we discuss them. And it's, it's about sharing the love of wrestling with our community. That's basically like what to- it is. I'd like to say that, like, I think as fans, and I'm not saying that, like, we are, our opinions are above other fans, because there's the smart marquee fans out there that, you know, think that their opinions are above everyone else's. But I would like to think that we display a level of common sense and rational thoughts when it comes to our opinions on wrestling. Whereas I would like to think there's a lot of wrestling fans out there who have irrational thoughts about no. the past as well as the present day product that's out there in wrestling. So No, uh, even like common fans too, they still think like certain things were real or certain things like it's just the grasp on the product that they don't yeah. have. Yeah. And it's interesting. But um yeah, like I said, not 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 saying that we are above everyone anyone or everyone else when it comes to our opinions, but you know, we're not we're not over the top, you know, crazy about our thoughts and, and opinions on past or present stuff so I, I would like to you know i normally don't toot my own horn but toot toot i think we do a pretty good job <laughs> when it comes to expressing our opinions agreed. Um, in an appropriate way agreed and speaking of trying to continue to do that good job i want to give everybody a, a, a apology for gaijin wrestling radio and hawkamania is dead being on delay that is totally my fault i'm in school right now 
Uh, I'm juggling school and work and this podcast. I have my final coming up next week. So after my final drops, I'll have more time to drop all those episodes and give you guys plenty of content that you deserve. Thanks for hanging in there with me. And uh, part of my my online schooling right now will help the future of uh, Retromania. So, yeah, look forward to that. Um, next week will be the end of my 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 three month, four month long um you know, uh, excursion, if you will. And then I'll be back in this territory, ripping shit up. (laughs) (laughs) You're booked back in the territory now? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There you go. So you had your six-month, four-month hiatus in another territory. The educational territory, the college territory, if you will. Now you come back to the wrestling podcast territory and you you tear it up. You got any kind of special in with the bookers I need to know about before you... uh, Of course, I, I own the damn thing. Oh, you own the damn territory. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Easy over there, hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. Uh, did he own a territory? No, I don't think he did. Uh, yeah, he was involved with USWA a lot. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. And I men- yeah, Memphis. Uh, but I'm not yep. sure how much. Lawler he was really Memphis. Yeah, yeah. It, but. but they they were buddies. And Florida, Eddie Gilbert was in Florida, I think, too. But uh, all right. Oh, okay. We can get into that later. All right. Yeah, another day. All right. Let's get into this day, June the 6th. You want to take us to the squared circle? The squared circle <laughs> of life. And yeah. All right. Let me, <laughs> let me go through my notes here. You might have to. If you want to keep singing while I go through my notes, you can do that. Because I'm. Uh, yeah. As I search for. Because I was totally unprepared for that as usual. So uh, people who died on this day, it's Skull Murphy Jr. and Dan Miller. Sorry, I don't know too much about them, but. Uh, they passed may away. You rest in, may you continue to rest in peace, even though we don't know who the fuck you are. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> there we go. Shitting on the dead. Yeah, that's what we do. Skull Murphy and Skull Murphy Jr. and Dan Miller. Yeah. Skull Murphy Jr. died in a car crash, and Dan Miller has an unknown cause of death. So uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, but we have birthdays in the house, so we got a few recognizable birthdays, so to speak. Um, let's start with. Um, Let's start with Tony Norris, who is better known as Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. 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 That was the worst fucking chant ever. I loved me some Ahmed as a kid, man. He was my fucking dude. Like 1996, I loved me some Ahmed Johnson. Cause I got the Dude. toy, the action figure set, and yeah. he was he was a shit kicker. Um, and then especially when he was in the uh, LOD face paint, I was like, oh man, he's gonna be the third LOD guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it was pretty. Yeah, it was. I mean, he was I, a dangerous I, I was, guy though. Looking back at it now. Oh yeah. Um, I wasn't huge on Ahmed, but like he, you know, he came right out of the gate. They had big plans for him. They thought he was gonna be the, you know, their their. Their big African American star. You know how WWF WWE likes to um, uh, racially stereotype their demographics. Well, if you uh, look at it, I mean, it's it's interesting because he came in feuding uh, later with the Nation, and they built uh, Farouk, who was the first African American champion nationally known, um, to go against Ahmed, and it almost seemed like they were trying to push Ahmed to get to that position, but it just didn't work. You know, his 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 charisma was there, but his, his in ring and his some of his promo stuff was just all over the wall. 
Yeah, the injuries too didn't help. You know, like that that kidney that 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 kidney blow that he took from Ron Simmons, Farouk when Farouk debuted, um, that kind of derailed him, and then, then it just like snowballed from there. Um, I thought he was able to bounce back a little bit when he when he joined the nation um, in in the the summer of '97. It made no sense to me, though. But yeah, um, yes and no. I could see why. I mean, it's one of those situations where it's like if you can't beat him, join him. But um, you know, it was really quick. It was like he was in, and then he was out, and then that was the end of it. And I was I was kind of disappointed um, that you know they didn't really run further with it. But um, yeah, he was a guy that had a lot of promise, a lot of potential, and for whatever you know, injuries and like you said, some of his in ring work. Um, although I will say the only memory, conscious memory I have of Ahmed Johnson, it's not a conscious memory I want to have, but it was um, that battle royal that he won, to, I think, to either become Intercontinental Champ. Or no, he won. He beat Goldust for the Intercontinental title, but he was in some battle royal on Raw. I think it was to get a title shot, a heavyweight title shot. <laughs> and he got eliminated, or I think he... Was somebody grabbed him by his trunks, like the front of his trunks, and you saw all of Ahmed Johnson hanging out oh on my TV. God. And, and I was like, oh, hey now. And it was a live <laughs> Raw, too. It wasn't like taped. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's the only conscious memory I have. But um, My conscious, my first conscious memory, well, I remember vividly that Raw with him and Farouk. Because um, I was like, who's this guy with the fucking helmet? Um, I wasn't familiar with uh, Ron Simmons. And I was like, wow, he's with Sonny. And then they had the little injury angle. And then he won the Intercontinental Championship, if I'm not uh, if I'm not wrong, am I? Who, uh, Simmons? Yeah. No, he... Um, it was like DQ, though. No, um, so he attacked Ahmed. Ahmed had that legit kidney injury, and he was sidelined. And then the title was held up, and then they put the title up. Um, in a tournament, and Farouk was in the finals against uh, Mark Marrow. Mark Marrow, yes. And Mark Marrow defeated Farouk. Ah, um, yeah. And then they changed Farouk's gimmick up where he wasn't the gladiator with the blue helmet anymore. He They, they transformed a Mac Militant. The, the, yeah, exactly, in the Nation of Domination, and the rest is history. So Sweet. And then we got uh, T, Big T, in WCW with Ahmed oh, Johnson. Oh, God, that was God, he was terrible. bloated and, uh, yeah. They just needed uh, to pay somebody some more money, and he he easily accepted. Uh, yeah, he took the country club check. That's for sure. <laughs> Eating good, Tony Norris. Happy birthday. Moving on with the. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen pictures of him? Fuck recently? yeah, he is a beef. Oh my, yeah, for real. Like he does not miss a meal. No. Maybe he should miss a few. Holy shit! But yeah, sorry. I... It, you know, if we shit on the dead people, we got to shit on the people that are alive. Yeah. Ahmed, I'm about to Pearl River plunge into is. this buffet. Yeah, seriously. How about you hold back on the birthday cake today, all right, pal? <laughs> For real. Maybe you should blow out the candles that aren't there. and Maybe you might lose a few pounds, you fuck. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's yeah. move on. Let's move on. Uh, born on this day, 1978. O.D.B. Jessica Kresa. 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 I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> but bam. Yeah. <laughs> she got some knockers. Uh knockers. she's a, she's a great wrestler too, I think. Um someone that WWE has failed to pick up on and capitalize on, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, she could, I think, I think she could, I don't know. She's a great wrestler. She's got a fun character. She can get the crowd into it, but I don't, I think her character is a little too, I wouldn't say edgy, but like it doesn't fit WWE's current mold of women's wrestlers. Like she would, she would be good in NXT. Like I think she would be a real good fit in NXT because um, NXT's got that like gritty um, 18 to 34 year old male demographic that I think she would fit in quite nicely with. But um, she did some really fun stuff with TNA. Um, a big part of that women's division, I don't think gets enough credit. Um, that's the real women's evolution, in my opinion, was during those days when they started making making women's wrestling mean something in re- in in the in the landscape of pro- professional wrestling. Um, I don't know if she's doing a whole lot. I don't think she's doing much right now in the business. She actually is in the restaurant industry and in the food service industry. Um, she's yeah, she got her had, own like she food had a place truck. at the uh, Impact Zone, so she was working with them a lot. And she yeah. she wrestled her last match, uh, Penelope Ford, uh, January thirty first of this year. So okay, she's still right, active and on oh, impact. She is? All right, yeah, she lost to Sienna uh, two years okay. ago. So um, that was her last like major television appearance. But yeah, she's been doing the yeah. food truck stuff at the impact area where they do their tapings. <laughs> yeah, they're interesting stuff. But yeah, I mean. A girl, I think, that could probably contribute um, and be a different character um, for WWE. She would be, I mean, if WWE were to pick her up and put her, like, on TV. Go against Nikki Cross, like a biker chick. She's like a badass biker instead of, like, this, like, drunken, you know, I mean, just trailer park. Yeah, yeah, just sugarcoated a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. But, I mean, they would probably turn her into a comedy character. because That's that's the sad thing, yeah. Yeah, that, that's all they would see in her. I can't um, relate, so I think it's funny. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, pal. That's oh, you. Wait, you're not a. Oh, wait, you're not a pal. That's definitely you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's that. That's ODB for you. Happy birthday, ODB. Um, moving on. Bam. With the day born on this day, June sixth, nineteen eighty-two. He's a young guy, Gunner. Yeah, he's only he's he's a year older than me. He's yeah. uh, he's, thir- he's thirty seven. Uh, Gunner, who goes by um, Jackson Riker, yeah. NXT, a member of the Forgotten Sons. He's definitely um, not on any steroids, right? No, no, that's all natural. Those push ups that he does every morning after he has his bowl of Fruit Loops—that's <laughs> fucking legit. Yeah, absolutely. Push ups, yeah. sit ups, you know. Throwing wood logs out in the back of the back of the yard, you know. Yeah, that's totally yeah. Dude is yeah, a beast. He, he does not have a Planet Fitness membership. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, he was he spent some time in TNA. That, that's at least where I first saw him. Part of the yep, same um, here. Part of Immortal. Um, yeah, that group with Hulk dude. Hogan and all that good stuff. And he yeah. he was decent in TNA, and then he kind of just disappeared. And I was like, well, they kind of had some steam building with this guy. And then I don't know what happened. Um, and now he he is part of that Forgotten Sons, like you said, Jackson Riker in uh, NXT. And he did a good showing um, the last NXT event, uh, TakeOver. He came yep. in the ring and crushed everybody. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty brutal. That match was stiff. Uh, yeah, it certainly was. Um, 
I'll get I'll get into that in another. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I could talk about it a little bit, but I mean, yeah, he was he, they they presented him out to be like the big man, the heavy, the monster that was just coming in to like destroy everyone. They did a good job of presenting him that way, and then even like um, how they 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 got him out of the match too with like all the other teams teaming up to take out this big guy. I thought it was I thought it was done very well. Um, I certainly have no complaints uh, regarding his participation in the match. It, it made for an interesting story in the match. Um, so yeah, but I mean, hopefully we get to see more from him and those guys on NXT. Um, I feel like that was a match for that team and that group that they really needed to like make their presence felt. Absolutely, if they wanted to be in the if they wanted to be in like the discussion um, on the current day NXT. Uh, you know, product. So Absolutely. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty good for them, and hopefully, we get to see more from these guys. Um, you know, on NXT programming, I like to see more from this Jackson from his Jackson Riker character instead of just being the the third man. You know, um, part of this group, like this leader, so to speak. I wouldn't mind seeing him like in the North American title picture. You know, against Velveteen mm. Dream. Yeah, that could be good. A good, a yeah. good, uh, a good rival going up there. Yeah, he's and been he's a working. Good wrestler too. He's he not, is. It's not like he's terrible either. Like he did some good stuff in TNA with with James Storm and um, I didn't really Ken Anderson. care for him. At, yeah, you know. So I mean, it's not like he's a bad wrestler by any means. Um, he can go in the ring. He's he's yeah. probably one of the more underrated uh, performers. Um, he reminds me a lot of um, of uh, CW Anderson from ECW. Okay. Uh, Interesting. He's got like a yeah, like he's very. Uh, Anderson kind of CW Anderson kind of you know molds his style after Arn Anderson, um, but Gunner Jackson Riker whatever you want to call him like at least during his time in TNA he kind of reminded me a little bit of like an Arn Anderson his skill and his psychology in the ring. Okay, okay. So I have to I have to take a look uh, at some more stuff. They haven't really shown too many singles matches on NXT TV with him, but he has been running the house show circuit doing singles matches. So I think okay. there is that guarantee of him doing singles stuff. Gotcha. Um, happy birthday, Gunner Jackson Riker. Uh, moving on, the last birthday here. Damn, he's only two years older than me. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Born 1985. Yeah. Everybody in WWE is complacent and lazy. I pooed I'm... myself up. <laughs> I came back to be Universal Champion. I think he's great. I think he's fantastic. I liked him back in the day when they said he was the chosen one. He had a lot of promise Me then. Um, Me too. And they just buried the fuck out of him for some yeah. reason. Uh, I can see that he was a little, you know, baby face-ish and kind of needed some uh, some stank on him. So yeah, a little he, facial hair, yeah, heal he, him up a little bit. Yeah, he 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 went and did that. Uh, now he looks like a machine, um, and there's a lot of promise for what's going on now. But still, they haven't <clears throat> get him to that next level. Give him something. I I feel like he came in pretty hot. The stuff he did with Dolph was good. I liked it. Um, I didn't even mind the breakup, um, but then even after the breakup, they just kind of like, so for instance, he, they had him dumped off last year and 
He was talking about how he didn't need Dolph and didn't need someone riding his coattails. So he dumps Dolph and it's like, okay, they're going to let Drew go out on his own. He has a great showing against Kurt Angle on Raw. That was probably Kurt Angle's best wrestling match since he returned um, in 2017. And then Drew, the week, the next week, is aligned with like Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley. It was like, wait a minute, didn't your character just say you didn't need anyone? You could do this all on your own. Now you're with two other guys. Like I felt like they just kind of stalled on his momentum. Um, and there's only so many times that he can come out and say that, like, you know, he's the measuring stick and everyone's complacent and lazy and they don't really have anything to back it up and prove it. You know, like I felt, I feel like they are kind of stalling on his, um, on his, I wouldn't say his push, but, um, him moving up a little more. He needs to, he needs to not be Shane McMahon's sidekick and just be Drew McIntyre. Yeah. You know, just, you know what I mean? As much as I don't mind the alliance with Shane McMahon right now on TV, I'm not really. I, he he's not. It's not doing anything for Drew. Let's just put it that way. At least in my opinion. I agree, and it's just he he's better by himself, or at least one manager. Um, you know, give him a, give him a little voice. They don't like that though. But um, like you said, just pairing him up with Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin, and yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Best of luck to you, Drew. Happy birthday. I hope your birthday's not complacent and lazy like the rest of the Monday Night Raw roster. <laughs> you ready to get into this day, Dave? Yeah, man. June the 6th, 1992. Let's go to uh, WWF Superstars from... Uh, was it Lexington, Kentucky? Yeah, the bluegrass state of Kentucky. Oh. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Mr. Perfect brings up the beating that Big Boss Man got from his own nightstick. He doesn't give a name for that man that we saw last week, who we know is Nails. But it's interesting how they're 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 teasing this for a couple weeks. We we got like two or three weeks where we were told about this guy and didn't get a name at all. Or they could, or they just don't have a name for him. True. And they'll figure it out along the way. I mean, true. True. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but it seems like a uh, good stalling. Anyhow, uh, yeah, Papa Shango is going to have an interview later with Mean Gene Okerlund. Sweet. And we're going to have Bret Hart in action. Nasty Boys, Crush, Repo Man. Sweet. It's going to be an action-packed match. So our action-packed card. So let's get into it. The first match is Bret Hart out first. He's the Intercontinental Champion. He's going against Tom Stone. Uh, some kid with an airbrushed T-shirt gets the glasses he is so fucking lucky <sighs> anyhow yeah yeah the picture <laughs> we have a picture in picture during the match with sean and sherry he's looking in the mirror and that's playing off of the stuff going on with the mirror before with marty Janetti, or i guess the the barbershop window but it still kind of plays into his, he's got this mirror i forgot that sean had a mirror for like a good couple eight months to a year you know yeah for a little while he used to do that mirror gimmick she'd hold it up and he would you know look at it and you know gawk at himself and yeah you know yeah yeah it was what a lucky it was, mirror. It was a night no you know it was a nice little addition to like um his character at the time he needed something to kind of break away more from the right even though he changed up his look and he had sherry and he needed something to kind of break away from the rockers persona and the mirror was definitely a good touch i agree i agree uh but later he would have to he would have to give it up soon because lex is going to need that mirror 
Yes, that's right. They only have room for one mirror. You got the mirror gimmick, pal. We'll give you something else later. <laughs> give them to me, Vince. Give give the gimmick to me. I want to taste the gimmick. I want the, I want to slide the mirror underneath him. Give me give me the Sean give me the Sean Michael gimmick. I want the Sean Michael gimmick <laughs> right right in the face. You know, I'll be his mirror. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Sean Michaels cuts a promo on Bret Hart saying, "What a lucky mirror." And what's not lucky is when I take that Intercontinental Championship from you, Hitman. He's going to be coming for him. So, all right. Looking forward to that yeah. one. Hitman. Did you notice? Yeah. Did you notice in this match, Brett was wearing different colored boots? No. Why didn't I he notice had, that? I usually. So he, w- so he wear, normally Brett used to wear the white with like the black trim. Yeah. And then he would have like the star that was like pink or whatever. He had white boots with pink trim around the edges of the sole um, and then like the toe area. Yeah, they were a little different. Um, I remember seeing pictures of it um, uh, uh, a while back, but uh, this is the first time I saw it actually on video. So well, uh, yeah, that was just one thing, one little thing I noticed. Nice. I, I'm usually I'm usually the one doing that stuff, but I lo- I love it. Um, we we should start. You know how like people have like sneaker heads and like like fed like you know they're like they're into sneakers or whatever. We yeah. should do like oh, yeah. wrestling boots. That's a good idea. And just Flair would be the ultimate sneaker head if that was the case. Dude, Flair yeah, we could start a whole fucking Instagram page of like clips of their boots during their matches. Or just pictures too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh We're man. Oh, all Make right. Some money. Let's, let's do all it. Right. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bret Hart is wearing down Tom Stone in this match. Typical Bret Hart match. Uh, sharpshooter, and that's it. He says, "I give up." So no tapping at this time. But it is a submission. So they're going strong with yeah. submissions around this time. When the guys shake their head, that means it's it. Yeah, no exactly. Tapping. Then we go to update with Mean Gene, brought to us brought to us by Steroids, uh, IcoPro. Um, <laughs> IcoPro is going to be a sponsor of the WBF. And no shit, yeah, really? They're probably all up in that shit. Um, everybody's snorting it backstage or something. <laughs> Mainlining it into their veins. Mean Gene recaps Big Boss Man being attacked last week. So we get the replay of that beatdown, kind of a condensed version. And then Mean tells us his name is Nails. Ooh. It's Nails, everybody. And then we finally get some comments from Nails. Uh, Dave, you want to help me out here? I told you, Big Boss Man, I was coming out. And now, you're going to be the victim of nails. He says, that was the first beating in a long line of beatings. You're in my prison now. I've thrown away the keys, and no one can stop me. Okay. (laughs) That was actually a better nails than mine, I will say. Well, then I'll take it over. You could take, yeah. I give, I give you the nails gimmick. You could take the nails gimmick. Ah, uh, thank you. You bequeath me. Thank you. <laughs> so nails, everybody. Here he is. Yeah. Yep. All right. Then in the ring for action, Reno Riggins. That's not Roman Reigns. That's 
not the guy Reno Riggins from uh, uh, Renegade. No, that's not him. It's Reno. Um, that's uh, no Relenzo. Relenzo Lamas? Relenzo Lamas, something like that. Lorenzo Lamas, but his name on the show was, I think, Reno Riggins. I think. Or Reno something, yeah. Reno Reigns. They've had so many versions of Reno Reigns, Roman Reigns. I bet you that guy got a lot of pussy. Like, yeah, seriously, in the 90s, all that that long hair and the motorcycle. That guy was swimming in it, man. Hell yeah. For real. He'd have been a good, he'd have been a good wrestler. Oh, like, yeah. At least like a kid looking good, like cosmetically. I don't know what the fucking guy could do in the ring. Yeah. But, I mean, Did you ever see his appearances on uh, Lucha Underground? No, I didn't. I heard about him. <laughs> oh, though. it was good. He, he, I mean, it was, really? he was a boss, but he didn't have any, I mean, he had speaking roles, but it was good. That show was okay. perfect. I loved it. Really? Yeah. All right, I'll have to check that out. Uh, so it's Reno Riggins and Major Yates going against the Nasty Boys with Jimmy Hart, baby. Okay. Uh, huge clothesline to start it out with the Nasty Boys. They weren't bad, were they? Uh, I mean, bad in terms of like skill wise. Yeah, they were good brawlers. I mean, yeah, you couldn't you know? Not everyone could be technically sound in the ring, but you know the nasty boy. Like, come on, you can't have you can't call them the nasty boys and expect them to do arm drag takedowns, exactly, and hammer locks and shit like that. When you're the nasty boys, you're kicking, you're punching, you're slamming, you're throwing people around. Like you're not, you know, you're not a scientific wrestler. So mm-hmm. like, th- th- it's perfect for them. I I, I like that. Um, uh, we get a picture in picture during this match of high energy. <laughs> Uh, they're going to blast off on the nasties. Ooh. Okay. Thanks, Owen. Um, yeah. I bet nobody remembers that high energy had a fucking singing gimmick. Yeah. What? The high energy. He's done that like four weeks in a row. But was it, but was it meant to be like a singing gimmick or is it just like your assumption because he said high energy. I just never remembered it from the promos at all. Okay. Uh, Okay. We'll see. No, I'm just curious, that's all. But yeah, go ahead. Nobs splashes Yates in the corner, gives him a power slam. Sags falls off the top rope with an elbow, so I kind of recant my statement about they're not they're not terrible. But I mean, like you said, they're just brawlers. They're sloppy. So he yeah. literally like fell off the top rope to give him that um, elbow. It looked crazy. One, two, three, Nasty Boys win. And I, I kind of want a Nasty Boys t-shirt. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, I used to, yeah, the color scheme was pretty cool. I yeah. used to dig the nasty boys. Actually, when um, when uh, I started collecting um, the Hasbro's again uh, recently in the last year or so, mm-hmm. um, I uh, I found a guy who had nasty boys. Um, I got I got a I got a good deal on them too. They're in pretty good condition, um, but the I will say that like sometimes like those Hasbro's they. As detailed as they were, there were some details that like were crucial that they left out. Like the, the Nasty Boy shirts are pretty, I wouldn't say thorough, but they're um, the color scheme isn't as colorful and bright as you would see like on TV with their shirts. Yeah, um, Hasbro's dealing with like a sixteen palette thing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, they, at the same time, like it's still a cool. They're still pretty cool looking action figures too. Oh, they always are. I I was actually in the. Uh, target the other day and every time i'm in a store like that i'm like let me just browse the toy aisle. that's what i do too <laughs> i think every <laughs> wrestling old old wrestling fan who's still a fan <laughs> does that now 
You know what I used to do? You know what I used to do when I was younger? Like, especially when I was, like, a teenager. Mm -hmm. Like, I was still... I I didn't collect the wrestling toys, but, like, I'd still, like, want to see what they were all about. I'd go into... I was, like, a teenager. I remember I was, like, 16, 17 years old. I'd go into Toys R Us, and I'd walk just, like, just to see the toys. I would just go in there just to see the wrestling toys. And if I saw, like, a hot-looking mom in there with her kid, and she was, like, in the aisle or in the general area, I'd pretend like I'm talking to myself, be like, oh, let me see what my little brother wants for his birthday (laughs) or for Christmas. Like, my 17-year-old ass thinking I was going to get some pussy from this fucking mom (laughs) who's got her kid in a stroller, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I used to to say that line all the time. I would just pretend like I'm talking to myself. I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, he'd want that for his birthday. And I'd, like, look over at her, you know what I mean? Like, you know, thinking thinking that she thinks that, oh, he's such a good older brother, he's going to buy a toy for his brother. Let me suck his dick right now. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, that was my train of thought at 17 years old. I just want to get my dick wet, and I'd fucking make sure I'd try to get it done at Toys R Us of all places. Like, good like spot for to go. real. Good spot yeah, to I go. Yeah, I mean, there's no more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck. I, when I was there recently, I saw the, the newer Hasbros, and, and they're not bad. They had a shit ton of the Shawn Michaels there. I guess he I have wasn't a few selling of those. good. But, uh, yeah, I got a few of those actually uh, in my studio. I have um, Austin, Rock, Mankind, Kane, Triple H. Kane was there um, too. Uh, Goldberg, Ric Flair, Black and White Sting, um, Kurt Angle, Jericho, and uh, that Shawn Michaels. Um, there's some of the ones that I like. They have like Wolfpack Sting that I can't find. Ooh. Um, Purple, Purple Undertaker. Ooh. Can't find that one. Um, these well, are the, fuck, these are the find... holy grails of the Hasbro's now. Yeah, like I see them on some of like the wrestling figure sites, um, but uh, you know, there th- some people like they try to charge like old school Hasbro prices yeah. for like these newer Mattel version ones. It's like forty five dollars shipped for the Undertaker with the purple gloves. I'm like motherfucker in retail, it's thirteen dollars. Yeah, it, like don't you, you know. People try to like overdo it with those figure sites, but we've gone off on a little bit of a tangent. But yeah, Nasty Boys action figures, pretty cool. Definitely. Um, as we move and on, and we will here, definitely, a- like we said before, we're we're gonna get to where where we're gonna do a live back and forth. Uh, you and I showing each other our toys, our goods. We're gonna show each other our goods, dude. <laughs> you show me mine, I'll show you yours. Yes, definitely. that'll be the title of our of our live video. <laughs> See how many views we get on that one. Yeah. I bet you we'll get a lot, though. People love that toy yeah, stuff. Very possibly. Yeah. All right. The WBF. They shoot off their cannons. And it's the same fucking <laughs> promo as last week, where it's yep. uh, it's going to be USDA tested grade A prime fucking beef. June 13th, it goes down. Gary Stridham defends his WBF championship. It's the standard that'll set. It'll. It'll. <laughs> It's going to set the standard for drug-free in America. Q. Carrie Von Eric. Wow, what a good transition. <laughs> uh, the, anan- the announcer, Fink, says, The Texas Tornado, Carrie Von Eric. So the signature says Texas Tornado, but he's Carrie Von Eric, the Texas Tornado, or as they said, the Texas Tornado, Carrie Von Eric. So he is technically the first victim of Vince shortening names in the WWF. Or lengthening them, just judging by like that introduction. Well, this is when he first came in, so or kind of, right? Yeah. No, he was around oh. um No, yeah, you're right. He's been around for like a year or so. A couple years, yeah, yeah. like nineteen ninety, I think. Uh, like late late ninety. 
Yeah. Like, I think his debut was uh, right around the time of uh, SummerSlam. Yeah. Of, ni- of 90. Okay, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, because this match here was... So, yeah, they're still calling him by the name. Hmm. Yeah. Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. Everybody um, shits on him trying to say that they just said it was the Texas Tornado and they never called him Kerry Von Erich. We got proof right here that they were doing it in yeah. 1992, so... Yeah, at least it's at least they were doing it in '92. But I think also I, I could be mistaken. They were they, um, they might have they might have done it earlier. But I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, th- unfortunately, this was not a. I mean, I didn't expect this match to set the world on fire, but um, you could tell that Kerry Von Erich's um, skill level work wasn't the best in this. He looked very. He seemed very sluggish. Oh yeah. Um, in this match, um, and uh, borderline sloppy at times. Yeah, he's going against uh, Mike Collins here. The fans still love him. I liked him as a kid, but yeah, yeah it's same just, here. Yeah, he's also going to be at the WBF Expo, probably doing some blow in the back. Um, <laughs> we get a picture. <laughs> we get a picture and picture of the Texas tornado. Of the Texas tornado, Caravan Eric, and just like I used to do in Dallas at the Sportatorium, I'm a snort coke off of Mike Christian's butt cheek. <laughs> and then when it's all said and done, I'm gonna look to the heavens and Jesus Christ, I'm gonna say God bless Texas. <laughs> yeah, he he says he wants I want David Durth to win. What? Who the fuck is yeah. David Durth? I guess we're going to find out June 13th. Yuck. David Durth with that big old girth is going <laughs> to win the WBF Heavyweight title. I'm gonna be at that fan expo. I'm gonna be shilling all that Aka Pro for you. Yeah. Cause Aka Pro, you gotta want it, man. Cause I'm a Texas tornado. Ico blow. <laughs> Perfect. Says Lex Luger is the one who should win. We all know that. Wow, Lex Luger is gonna be there. That's right. Yep. We get a huge spinning discus punch from the Texas Tornado. One, two, three, he wins. And Vince says his full name. So, wow, yeah. Fuck everybody who said they never called him Kerry Von Eric. They just called him Texas Tornado. Yeah, you bunch of fucking marks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we go to Sean Mooney, and he says, the Texas Tornado says that there's nothing more important than family. Oh, dude, really? His family's like fucking dead. Okay. All right. Well, maybe he's referring to his wife and kids. Oh, okay. Which he'll be leaving soon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Way to contradict yourself there, Carrie. Yeah. Next time you attend a WWE event, make sure to bring, make it a family affair. Thanks, Sean. All right. Uh, The Mountie and Jimmy Hart with their dilly, you know. Uh, the the Mountie sisters. Dildo. Oh yes, that's yeah. right. The Mountie sisters. Dildo. The Mountie Jimmy and Dilly, as I'd like to call them. <laughs> the Mountie says, "Sergeant would be nothing but a hostage in my country." In in Canada, why would you do that? You guys are supposed to be polite. Okay. Anyhow, yeah, we get a meaty and saucy promo from Virgil. He says, I want the top competition. I love the jungle, and I love the rumble. Nails, I'm from the streets, so I love the rumble in the jungle. It's like, what the fuck? And then he goes, guess what? I'm here. Me. What? He He's incoherent. Didn't he say Papa Shango? Yes. Too? Yes, he did. You got all that black magic, that voodoo Papa Shango? I got that black magic right here down between my legs. <laughs> I got your Papa Shango right here. The the last line though. Guess what? I'm here. Me. Yeah. Okay. 
you know what? Honestly, <laughs> let, let's time out for a minute, okay? okay. And let's just put some things into perspective here. <laughs> now, let, let, let's not break down this promo necessarily because it, I'll, I'll quit this podcast if we fucking break down a Virgil <laughs> promo. But for those fans out there that complain that today's wrestling, the promos are too scripted, Go watch this fucking masterpiece of an abortion right over here with Virgil, and then you'll fucking find out why it's scripted. For real. Or at least bullet points that you can remember. Yeah. <sighs> Holy Jeez. shit. Yeah. I felt like that was, I felt like that promo was scripted. He couldn't even read those fucking lines. Oh, yeah. He, like, that's uh, how like, bad it was. Yeah, we'll see it when Yakazuma shows up. Because <laughs> that's what he fucking calls it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Yakasuma. He does, dude. I'll never forget that. All right. Then the genius. <laughs> Everybody, Virgil. Yakazuma, yeah. I can eat Chinese takeout too, motherfucker. Because <laughs> I'm from the rum I'm from the jungle and I love the rumble. I rumble in the jungle with the Chinese delivery man. <laughs> right. You don't get my fucking egg foo young on time. It's gonna be me. Big bang boom pow yeah. Papa Shango. Uh, I fucking quit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will just. Uh, I'll take that. You can give me a letter of absence, please. Thanks. A letter. Of, all right. Or okay. A letter of. It. What is that? How do you say that? Uh, resignation. Yes, there we go. Yeah. So does that mean that you're going to extend my contract because I was unable to work during a certain period of time? Are you going to do one of those? Yeah, sure. Like some like some folks we know? Yeah, sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, let's get back into this episode. The genius comes out with the Beverly Brothers, and there's a crowd in the sign. Uh, there's a sign in the crowd that says, the Beverly Sisters. Sweet. Very good. Very, very nice. Like the knee slapper there. Yes. They're yeah. going against Mike Samples and Scott Bailey. Then the genius says, LOD, you wear your spikes and sport the paint like such a disgrace. After I suck my own cock, my genius batter paints my own face. <laughs> The, uh, I should just do a podcast of genius rhymes please. talking about how many different ways he can give himself a blowjob. I think once we're done this run, I'll cut them all up and make a super episode of it. Oh, there you go. Oh, then the Beverly... Story time with the genius and his... <laughs> and his dick. And his dick. <laughs> dick talk with the genius. Uh, <laughs> uh, then the uh, Beverly Brothers take the shoulder pads off of this little kid and he looks so sad. Um, they paint LOS on it. Well, that's pretty fucked up. Hopefully he gets a new one. They probably, you know, gave him some Hasbros and they probably gave him that to get painted on. Anyhow, yeah. the match officially starts picture in picture of the Beverly brothers with the genius. Uh, they call Paul Ellering a pansy. They call him pansy Paul and one of the Beverly brothers says, Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be fat uh, sissies. <laughs> yeah. They use uh, their assisted face driver, uh, which I don't know if they ever had a name for that, but that looks like a lethal move when they use it on the jobber guys. Yeah. One, two, that's, three. That's yeah. A recipe for CTE right there. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Then they put face paint on... 
the guys uh, and put LOS and they put that weird head thing with the with the mohawk. It's like some headgear that has a mohawk on it and they beat the crap out of those guys. All right. Then we go to the event center with Sean Mooney and he says it won't be long until the LOD corner the Beverly Brothers. Sweet. Thanks, Sean. Yep. Uh, Tito, the El Matador. Says there's so much competition. He names off all the fucking guys that we heard from Virgil. Um, <laughs> it was one of those situations where it's like, hey, bro, you mind if I copy your homework? <laughs> yeah, sure, man, but don't but don't make it look like it's mine. You've got to spell the words correctly because I incorrectly spelled them motherfuckers. Well, Tito is a pro here, so he at least can hit his bullet points. He says, you got to be strong, but smart, too. Thanks, the fans. Ole! All right, then we get yeah. Harvey Whippleman with Kim Chi and Kamala. Harvey. Ah! Yeah, there's all that going on in the background, a bunch of noise. <laughs> Harvey Whippleman has a hard time talking over. Yeah, he's like, I want to take over the WWF, and we're going to start with the top stars. Savage, we coming for you, Nick. Oh, I mean, um, <laughs> but they basically got to that point where they said, Savage, we are coming for you. <laughs> I can't believe you just went there. Uh, you just fucking close. went there. Yeah, close. Wow. You know something? If you go on WWE Network and you watch that promo from the Spring Stampede, the WCW pay-per-view from 1997, um, we actually did a watch party, my buddy Dennis and I, and they added, they they did not edit out that the, the word, the N-word. However, they edited out sucka. They bleeped out sucker, but they didn't bleep out the N-word. Oh, my God. You they go missed back it. and watch it. They missed it. Oh, my God. You would think that, like, after they fired Hogan because of it, that they would have, like, you know, covered their bases with that one. But no. Why would you? <laughs> well, Why the fuck well, would you? Like I said on a, a Facebook joking post, um, Hogan got called it first, so he was only saying it later because <laughs> it, it counts, you know, that's the he, way it Because he thought that was the way he responded back. Right, you know, exactly. I, I, okay. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, he thought he was, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, have you ever seen that that meme? It shows a picture of Hogan sitting on a bench. I think it was like a, like a, a promo shot that he did when he was in TNA, uh-huh. and it said, um, it shows him like sitting on like a locker room bench, and it says, uh, Booker T never came for me. Oh. <laughs> I'll have funny. to send it to you yeah. or put it up on the Retromania page and, and hope I don't get lynched. Okay. But, yeah. So. No, the Retromania fans are cool. Uh, <coughs> so let's, yes, let's continue cool. with this WWF episode. Crush comes out. He goes against George Anderson, no relation to the Andersons. A headbutt, gorilla press, lifts him, slams him, huge leg drop, picture in picture of Crush uh, saying he's going to root for Gary Stridham. Why are they doing this, having their guys root for WWF? I mean, it's just cross-promotion, I get it, but it's it's killing your guys. They probably don't have the best... Yeah, I, I wouldn't say they probably don't have the best advertising, but I mean Vince is pretty good when it comes to shilling his own shit. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm sure that they probably, I'm sure in the back of Vince's mind, uh, why not have them wanted, at the taping or something? I think I'm sure they probably were. Oh, the oh the the, the WBF guys. Yeah. Oh, um, like yeah, in that the, in the a bad crowd. Idea yeah, either. yeah. Anyhow, but um, yeah, I think it was probably a situation where he realized, like you know. 
who's going to buy this pay-per-view? Uh, yeah. you know, who, who knows? Kind of, what kind of audience do I have here with this? Um, you know, and is the bodybuilding world going to take my or this organization seriously? So he probably tried to rely on, you know, the wrestling fans to, you know, to, to, to support it. So that's probably why they had all these these big plugs for this uh, for, for this event throughout the course of this this episode of Superstars with all the the talent mentioning the the bodybuilders' names and shit like that. So. Yeah, just a, just an educated guess. Yes, if you will. Definitely. Um, Crush swings Anderson into the corner, then slams him. Huge tilt a whirl backbreaker, and then he signals for that head crushing slam. The fans are, I guess, into it, but he gets that head hold on. Ring the bell. That's another submission hold here on this episode. Pretty, pretty yeah. cool. And then yeah, Crush open uh, helps up his opponent. He's over as a face right here, and they they got some stuff. They got some steam going. It's just very cheesy. Like he's trying to you know get his like hulking up is that head crushing you know you know, like signaling for his finisher. They have shades of the Hulk stuff there, but it's it's yeah. not it's not all pieced together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's their that's their way of trying to go to the well one too many times, but with a different individual. Yeah. Then we get Mean Gene on a podium, and Papa Shango comes out. And some lady in the crowd, and presumably her son, because he looks like her, they are not impressed at all. I need to take a picture of this because the faces are so fucking funny. They're (laughs) like, what the fuck is this? Um, Yeah, Mean Gene recaps the whole shebang. Um, Well, it's better, actually, because they, they... as he's talking about it, we get little recap blips of yeah. it. So this yep. this is what WWE should take note from now. If you're going to do a whole recap and the guy comes in the ring and goes, let's see what happens last week. And then we get a whole fucking clip. Just have the guy talk about it and then show the blip. Like just talk through the clip. Yeah, yeah, just in the background. I mean, you guys have the editing capabilities to fucking do that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Ultimate Warrior gets cut gets a promo cut on him by Papa Shango he says ultimate warrior how does it feel to not be in control how does it feel you have entered the dark world of Papa Shango you have stepped in the black circle and that circle is closing on you it's short and sweet but very good uh i think Gene, you sound like the shock. Well, I was gonna say that's <laughs> Papa Shango had hints of that. I think Gene Anderson was like, hmm, 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 because he did blacks. Oli, you mean? Uh, Oli, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, he, um, Oli was probably thinking that, and he was like, you know, doing the Black Scorpion uh, a little bit here soon. So yeah, yeah. It, it'll be coming up that voice. He's like, I think I could do that. <laughs> um, then Mean Gene says on the mic as Papa Shango walks away, he goes, oh, I'm glad that's over. And then Papa Shango turns around and blasts smoke at Mean as Mean Gene leans into the smoke. Good way to, I mean, take a big hit there, Mean. It's not the herb, buddy. That's the best bump Gene ever took. Yeah, he's like, ooh, ooh shit. <laughs> he coughs, he drops the mic, and then his hand is bleeding like brown green. Ooh, cheesy. And we go cheesy, but at nine years old, yes, still effective, still effective for young kids. It may be cheesy for the adults watching, but for the young kids, it's like, oh, this guy's fucking scary. Like, 
all that black magic voodoo stuff, like, I wouldn't say it scared me, but, like, it had an effect on me when I'd watch it. Like, not that I was, like, it made me take Papa Shango seriously at, at nine years old at that time. And this, this stuff worked. Today, yeah, we'd be telling it to go fuck off. But, like, now, like, or back then, pff, stuff was, this stuff was serious business. I agree. I agree. Um, next up, we have Cato and Kevin Kruger out to go against high energy. Uh, the kids. Yeah, you sound like Fat Albert just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> the kids love them. You're killing it with the voices today, oh, man. I'll tell you, thanks. you're really killing it this week. You're putting me to shame. Thanks. I gotta, I gotta step. I gotta step up my game. I'm here. on fire. I'm running on Duncan right now. I'm two cups of coffee in. So. Oh shit! Look at that. Yeah. Um. Owen and Kato lock up, and they do some chain wrestling. This is actually not bad. Um, we get a spinning back kick after a leapfrog from Owen, which is some awesome stuff from Owen here. Uh, Mr. Perfect is ripping on Owen and Coco Beware, though, the whole time. He's like, what the hell? Those Where are their pockets? Their pockets are near their belly buttons because their pants are all the way up by their nipples. He's like, what the hell type of parachute pants are those? Anyhow. <laughs> the nasty boys have a picture well this was when mc hammer was really big so they were biting off of that and if you heard the music that they came out to geez it's like the first inception of somebody call my mama definitely i <laughs> really yes uh, i'll have to cue it in at the end for a while because the first few weeks they were coming out to coco beware's music, i think right? it still is but it it's kind oh, of like okay. an inception of somebody call my mama Everybody get up, everybody get down. You gonna be the third man that dancing around. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, nasty boys have a picture in picture, and they said no birds are flying and no rockets are soaring. Is that weird that Owen was the rocket? Um. Yes and no. I mean, it's yeah, ironic, I mean, it, isn't it? Rocket man. Yeah. But at the same time, he also had like a. He added another. Oh, that's pretty. That's a pretty good segue. Yeah, that's or a pretty good. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that was good. That was good. You're killing it today, man. You are fucking killing Sorry. it. Um, that Duncan, man. Um, get me some of that. Owen, shit. yeah, becomes the the black heart, the king of hearts. Uh, uh, what else? What other monikers did he have? The Blue Blazer. The Blue Blazer. Well, I mean, nicknames. You know, like The Rocket. Oh. The Rocket. King of Hearts. King of Hearts. The Black Heart. Two-time Slammy Award winner. Two-time Slammy Black Heart. Okay. That's about Um, it, right? Yeah, that's about it, yeah. Okay. Owen has a nice monkey flip here, and then a double-team back body drop. Double clothesline to Kato and Kruger, and Kruger eats an assisted missile drop kick from Coco and Owen, which Owen just, like, lifts up the guy, and Coco hits him with a missile drop kick, and Owen rolls him up. Owen should be doing the top rope moves. Anyhow, one, two, three. Um, High energy goes over. Then we have a commercial when we come back, and it's Repo Man against Dan Robbins. Yikes. Dan turns his Repo back. Repo Man. Yeah. Dan turns his back like an idiot and gets blindsided by Repo Man. This is really lame. He chokes him with his rope. Then we get a picture-in-picture picture of Repo Man during his match, and he says he's the best dog catcher. 
Okay, he's coming for Bulldog. He wins with a shitty single leg Boston Crab. Ugh. But another fucking submission on this card. Um, he ties up his opponent's legs and drags him around the ring. And then he sneaks off. Lame. All right. Then we that's go. Repo Man ba- for you. What would you say? That That's Repo Man for you. <coughs> yeah. Um, then we go to Sean Mooney in the event center. He tosses to the LOD and they say a lot of great tag teams are here in the WWF. Are they really? Which ones? Um, natural disasters, uh, money, they Inc. bad. Uh, they definitely weren't bad. They're not the greatest. Well, I mean, what do you, uh, what, all right, but let's, let's be honest with you. What are you what are they going to say? Like, there's a lot of I shitty know. tech TV. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But we're going to be here anyways. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, then <clears throat> then uh, we, they say, we are number one. And he tosses the hawk, and we have no well at all from hawk. He seems like he's at, checked out. He's like. He's checked out of wells. Yeah, he's like, the WWF promotion sets him up, and we knock him down. That's it. And then Paul Ellering says it'll be his business now after the genius sticks his dick nose in their business. <laughs> um, Money Inc. then have a promo about the natural disasters and they call him you two idiots. And uh, he's not wrong about one of them. Anyhow, <laughs> Next week, folks on WWF Superstars will have Shawn Michaels, Kamala, Tatanka, Nails and a special interview with no less than Macho Man Randy Savage, the WWF champion. No less than him. So, uh, I don't know, Hulk Hogan? Um, some Someone equal to, not less than. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyhow, just nitpicking Vince. No less than. Yeah, All right. WWF superstars. That was it. Yeesh. Yeah, we'll get right, into it at the on. end. Yeah. Six oh five WCW on. Saturday night, June sixth, nineteen ninety two. Tonight, that man, Arn Anderson, will challenge Barry Windham for the WCW World Television title. What the fuck did we just talk about last week? Arn Anderson's supposed to be getting that title shot. The heavyweight title That's shot. Right. What the fuck That's are you right. guys doing? Yeah. Oh man. Paul Heyman comes out. And uh, Missy Hyatt asks Jim, she goes, why are you doing this to me? Why are you going to interview Medusa? Referencing uh, the bikini contest that's going to be coming up between Medusa and Missy Hyatt. Uh, Yes. Yeah. We'll get into it. Oh, yeah. Barry and Arn have promos about their two out of three falls match tonight for the WCW television title. Short and sweet stuff. Nothing memorable. This episode was a bit of a mess for me. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there was some there was some stuff that was good, and there was some stuff that was just you know, yeah, it was there, but you know, didn't need to be there. Yeah, Johnny V. Bad can be a candidate for a member of the Dangerous Alliance, the light heavyweight division. Says Paulie dangerously. Yeah, really? You want that guy on your team? Okay, whatever. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, Johnny V. Bad comes out with his little spooter, and he goes against Mike Thor. <laughs> 
You get a top rope sunset flip from Johnny B. Bad. One, two. Mike Thor then gets some offense. He gets a nice clothesline after Johnny B. Bad goes to the well one too many times with a leapfrog. Then Mike takes control of the match. Uh, Johnny hits him with a left hook after ducking a clothesline from Mike Thor. One, two, three. He puts a fake kiss sticker on his, uh, not the band kiss, like lips. Uh, lips, yeah. yeah. He puts that on the cheek of Mike. <coughs> Gay. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is Johnny B. Bad. And next up, we have a tag team match. It's Richard Morton out with DDP against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Nikita Koloff. The fans are chanting, Nikita, and moving their arms, like punching up in the air, kind of like Cesaro did. Yeah. Uh, this is fucking hysterical to me i was cracking up because it's like all these little like white kids go nakita <laughs> like i don't know it's, it's funny as shit yeah uh, all right i had my laugh thanks everybody ddp <laughs> is a good shit heel heel at this time um he's sneaky he's taking most of the brunt of the offense from the heel from the faces until the uh heels get the beat down on ricky steamboat in this match this one goes long ricky morton and ricky steamboat eventually get to uh lock up and man what a match that would have been you know those guys one-on-one yeah um but at the same time both of those guys are so good as baby faces that like they were they they were not good enough to be heels at least in my opinion um that like I don't know. I, I mean, athletically, technically, like bell to bell, like, yeah, it would be a great match. But the story, like, what kind of story would we get from the two of them? Considering that, like I said, both guys are really good. Ricky good guys, Morton would but... have to be with Paulie. Yeah, but can you buy that anymore? <laughs> mm, like, yeah. honestly, like, you know, I don't know. I just, I yeah. mean, Ricky Morton looked like, at least in 1992, like he was stuck in a time warp. <laughs> you know what I mean? He still is. Like, he. Yeah, I mean, he still is, but, like, now it's cool, yeah. you know? But in 1992, it wasn't. No. Um, you know? And uh, I believe it was on commentary during this match. They 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 brought up um, DDP's involvement with that video yes. uh, footage. That we talked Steamboat. about weeks and, past. Yeah, and I found it interesting that, like, Paulie Dangerously, who was on commentary for this match, I believe, didn't really... He kind of no-sold DDP's involvement in it. Um, considering that, like, DDP was the one that, like, had, you know, revealed it all that, that Heyman and and, uh, and Medusa were lying. I would think that he would have been upset that DDP, you know, spoiled the, you know, s- spoiled the, the, the video footage. But he, he kind of, you know, didn't really address it, which I, which was strange to me. Well, in a way, <clears throat> DDP's still a heel right now. And it's weird, like, we we are we already thought this, we already spoke of this in past episodes. Why did, was he the one that brought it up if he's a heel? And Dangerous yeah, Alliance exactly. is the heel, and he's he was supposed to be some type of uh, edgy, exposing guy we talked about. Like, they compared him to the WCW's Geraldo Rivera. Yeah. Um, <coughs> like, that precursor to uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin edge guy, like, having a fight with the uh, the network. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it they didn't continue. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But Maybe. yeah, it, 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 like you said, he didn't say anything. Yeah, it was just really strange. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna, I mean, because you would think that, like, you know, in a in a in a storyline of that nature of that importance, 
that DDP's role in it would not only be very crucial to the the the, the blow off um, or at least the reveal um, of the allegations that something would come of it for him following that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like an attack from the Dangerous Alliance or, um, you know, whatever. But it didn't. It, it seemed like it was just, you know, here today, gone tomorrow kind of thing yeah. with him. Um, this is a, this is a <coughs> slow Excuse match, me. but like I said, it's not bad. Um, Koloff, Nikita, that is, gets the hot tag, and boy, is he fucking over right here. He sickles both... Diamond Dallas Page and Ricky Morton. One, two, three. The crowd goes wild. Talk about yeah. an over fucking tag team. Talk about an over guy. And like we said, like there was so much promise with Nikita coming back. And then what the fuck happened? We'll see as the weeks go on. Yeah, it was um, it, it was it was definitely a disappointment, you know, towards the end. But um, yeah, I mean, they were really hyping up Steamboat and Nikita as like a, a top tag team in that NWA um, tag team title tournament. Yep. So uh this was more about showcasing them as opposed to, you know, um, the, the the team of DDP and uh, Richard Morton. Yeah. We go to a commercial and come back with Paulie Dangerously and Jim Ross sitting on the side of in the studio waiting for their next guest. Paul E has some flowers in his lap and they introduce Medusa. She gets a mixed reaction, um, but she is wearing a big jacket <clears throat> interesting then missy hyatt scowls at her from the crowd and missy's teeth are uh, something else and <laughs> 1992 everybody <clears throat> yeah. yeah paul gives medusa the flowers and he says two weeks it'll be beach blast in the bikini contest this is a first for national tv for wrestling at least in my knowledge um we we got Miss Elizabeth showing the polka dot like shorts, you know, in 1989, um, and I can't think of anything else really sexually on TV other than yeah, this. For, at least for wrestling, yeah. This was my first memory of like a real um, like um, sex like they they brought like the sex appeal to the programming. Oh yeah, um, for for the for the older audience, this was my first exposure to and it, and it'll get sexier. Um, yeah, it, over time it will. Yeah, for sure. As we continue to mark out the days, but um, yeah, this is. I, I remember being like, you know, when it came to the hype for the Missy Hyatt Medusa bikini contest, this was what differentiated. You didn't see this on WWF. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, the the closest thing, to you, like you said, was Miss Elizabeth when she revealed the um, the secret weapon in that match with um, the Mega Powers and the Mega Bucks at that SummerSlam that year, but. Um, the, the Missy Hyatt Medusa, like it, at least to me at nine years old, it seemed like it was edgier yeah. because it was a bikini contest. This, you didn't see that on WWF. This so. seems WCW seems more written for adults. Um, at this time. Yeah, absolutely. Or it has the, age- okay. It has the agenda of getting to the adults, but it's for the kids. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, it's like some of the, uh, Pixar movies that we see now. Um, yeah, the, yeah, it's, the kids don't get the adult references until they're older. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's a good way of putting it. I like that. So, like yeah, there's some references here. Missy says, I've seen him come and I've seen him go. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then sure. Medusa says, you're doing Sam what Carr. you do best, blowing hot air. 
Let me show you what the first lady of WCW is all about. Oh, my God. Did you get the innuendo there? Did you get the fucking joke? I don't know if a lot of kids did, but wow, this is 1992. She's talking about blowing dudes on wrestling, on national TV, 6.05, Saturday night. Um, Then she takes off her coat, and she has a sexy little one-piece bikini. Woo. Wow. Then Missy starts to strip too, and Doug Dillinger fucks it all up. Yeah, Doug Dillinger. Get the fuck out of here, dude. And uh, we he takes her backstage and we go to a commercial. Does this look familiar at all? At <laughs> the commercial or this her, scene, her? this whole fucking scene, like WWF verbatim starts to steal this stuff when we get into the attitude era. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you could definitely see that they took traces of stuff like this and incorporated it into their own. This style. is Sable um, and Luna all over. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's that's perfect right there. This yeah, is I'm it. To, I'm to or ma- yeah, or you know, or right. a Sable and um, I'm sorry, Marlena. Jackie. Marlena. That was the first one. Sable and Marlena was the first instance that you got it on WWF television. Um, Before that, they kind of teased having Pam Anderson and uh, Jenny McCarthy as ring valets. Ooh, guess what? They were in Playboy. And then everybody's like, well, that's not really edgy enough, Vince. He's like, well, well, show their goddamn pussies, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it it evolves. (laughs) But what a time. Man, this is crazy. It's just interesting seeing this. And I remember when I started, uh, when I referenced doing this show, Saturday Night's All Right, when I wanted to watch Saturday Night's, I had gotten to this point and I was like, oh my God, that's what like made me think of like, I need to do this show because this show is yeah. so groundbreaking. Um, yeah, no, you're, you know, you're, you're definitely right. I, like I said, this was the first kind of edgier, uh, like non-kid, you know, uh, oriented product that I had watched, you know, as a kid, yeah. um, at nine years old. Um, but I remember even like, I used to get like, I didn't have a subscription, but I'd buy the WCW magazine from time to time. And they put like the ad of like the, the pay-per-views on the back cover. So it was like the front cover you had whoever. And then the back cover, it was like, you're promoting the next pay-per-view. And on the back cover was that cartoon, um, beach blast poster. And it had like, Rick Rude and Ricky Steamboat like fighting in the sand on the beach with like a big sand castle, and at the bottom of it, it was like Sting and Cactus Jack for the 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 false kind they were matching. On the other side, it showed Missy Hyatt and um, Medusa in bikinis, and I was like, "Ooh, real? Like, that was like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, for real." I was like, you know, <laughs> hey now, but uh, yeah, that was like the that was first memory of it, and then like going back and watching this this week to 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 review this show, I was like. I was like, man, I was like, it, was just, it just brought back some memories. So, yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool. Good stuff. Um, back from a commercial, and Paul says, thanks, Doug Dillinger, for stopping uh, Missy from exposing herself. Might have shown the hair on her back. And I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, I, I kind of want to see that hair. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see her back. What part, of, what part of her back is that hair on? <laughs> um, next is the Super Invader out with Harley Race. What an interesting combination. I mean, we talked about it before on past episodes of Marking Out the Days. Hercules Hernandez is the guy playing the That's role right. of Super Invader, and he's here with Harley Race. Huh. All right. His opponent, though, Jason Knight. Do you know who that is? 
Look. Yes, I do know Jason Knight very well, as a matter of fact. Former um, former ECW original, the bodyguard of Justin Credible. Um, my my, uh, my experiences with him personally, um, I used to do the ring crew for his wrestling promotion in Connecticut called Assault Championship Wrestling. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I used to be a part of the ring crew and uh, did a little um, security for some of those shows. Uh, had a lot of fun at some of those indie shows. This was right after... Um, few months after uh wwf took over and they they bought wcw and then the ecw had folded so um the indies were starting to um to i wouldn't say heat up but it was it was an interesting time in 2001 and uh, i got to got the chance to be a part of the ring crew for a little while set up the ring break it down break it Uh, down yeah is that the reference (laughs) i don't know maybe yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good but yeah um didn't didn't really know him too personal, but like you know, I had a few conversations with him here and there. He seemed very quiet, reserved. Uh, I definitely did not. I, I I definitely did not approach him when he was drinking with the rest of the boys because um, you never know what Jason you got. Although I do have an interesting story. Go for it. To, uh, just we got a little time, him. right? Um, yeah, we got a little time. We uh we did a show at the uh, at like this this Portuguese social club. Um, and it was a pretty good show. Just Incredible was on the show. He did a run-in at the end, actually, that, like, saved Jason. Jason was, a uh, like, a baby face on the on this show um, against the whatever heels they were. There was, like, a heel faction called uh, La Familia. Mm. Um, and this was before Edge and, and Chavo and Vicky Guerrero did all that stuff on WWE. So, anyhow, um, we... Uh, we go to this bar down the street from the from the from the building, um, and all the wrestlers are hanging out playing pool. Um, who else was there? Uh, you're familiar with Mercedes Martinez, right, from the May Young Classic? Yes. Okay, so she was there. I'm trying to just figure out names. Uh, Velvet Sky. Okay. Um, yeah. A uh, few yeah, other people. Me no, so anyhow, me no Velvet Sky. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jason was there, and so was Just Incredible. Um, and I forget, there might've been a few other guys that had names on the, Oh, you know who else was there that night? Tommaso Ciampa was there. Yeah. He did an indie. He did like his first like shot for this organization. It was like a, I think it was like a one and done type thing, but he was hanging out there too. Hmm. Um, cause at the time he was working, um, for chaotic wrestling out of Massachusetts, which is owned by, um, Brian Fury. Okay. And, uh, so, um, we we're all drinking and hanging out, and I had a few. And someone said, um, "Someone said to me, he's like, when are you going to take a bump?'" And I was like, "Oh, I, I know. I actually like the the creative process um, more than uh, you know the actual physicality of it." Um, They're like, "Well, you got to at least know you know um, what we do in order to understand you know the the creative process behind it." And I was like, "Yeah, no, of course." And then they were like, "You should take a chop," and I'm like, "No, that's not going to happen." And um, they were like, no, it is going to happen. And uh, oh, shit. so I got I got chopped by a few guys. Uh, and then um, then Jason came and everyone was like, Jason's got to chop you. You got to let Jason chop you. I'm like, well, after everybody else did, why not? What the fuck? You know, right. so he kind of like teased it and like slowly like, you know, built it up and built it up. And then finally, like. He just open palmed me and like I thought like I lost like a like I skipped a heartbeat oh. like he hit me that hard oh. and I was like holy shit 
And then someone got the gr- the bright idea of, I'll let PJ bring his kendo stick and hit you in the back. Oh, my PJ God. PJ being just incredible. So I was like, sure, why not? Why not? You know, at this point, I had already made some terrible choices with the amount of alcohol I consumed that night. So sure, why not? Just add one more. So he had to go to his car to bring this kendo stick into the bar. <laughs> Gave you time yeah, to even think about it while you're just like, whoo, my fucking chest. Yeah, I could have ran out of there and gone home by now. But instead, like, I waited for him to go to his car to get the kendo stick. So he goes to his car, he gets the kendo stick. And he hits me hard enough, but he didn't, like, try to kill me. I'll give him that, right. you know. Um, I'm, like, leaned up against the pool table, no shirt on. Right. Um, and, you know, everyone's just, like, kind of cheering it on. And he winds up and he gets me good. And leaves a nice leaves a nice welt on my back, uh, and that was the one and only time I was ever hit in the back with a kendo stick. And wow. it, fuck, no fucking joke, man. That shit hurt. Yeah. But like I said, to his credit, like he didn't like I was afraid because he had quite a few um, beverages in him too that he was gonna like hit me in the back of the head. Right. So I was like right. kind of like I was kind of like bracing myself, like holding the back of my head and. You know, he was like, he's not going to hit you in the head. He was like, he was like, don't worry. He goes, I'll get you in the back. I'll get you in the back. And he was coherent enough where he got me in the back and like part of the shoulder blades and left a nice bruise and a welt for a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I was chopped by Jason Knight and Kendo, Kendo sticked by uh, Just Incredible. So wow. uh, yeah, there you have it. Great stuff. Yeah. I love that story, man. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I actually got beat to hell with a Kendo stick in my little hardcore match with our DIY wrestling league. Got hit in the head. Got I was beat to hell the next day. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that match is on the Jesus. internet, folks. If you guys want to check it out, we'll. Oh, I'll it. have to check that out. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a watch party. Oh jeez, no. Okay, so the annihilation of Kobe Nida. Yeah, exactly. Only on the Retromania <laughs> Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, let's get back into this episode. Super Invader. Lovely story, though. Thank you. Um, Oh, Super Invader going against Jason Knight. And Paul E. actually is uh, hyping Jason Knight here. Must have taken a liking to him at this time. Paul E. rips on guests that they've had in the past. He says, Jim, don't you love doing this with me? I'm not like idiots like peons like Jason Hervey. Oh, wow. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Should have him out here every week. And I, I don't think he's wrong, but he is a heel, so it would change the dynamic. Yeah. Um, it's nice having other guests every now and then. Um, yeah. We get a huge power bomb, and the Super Invader gets the one, two, three. Then Jim tosses to Eric for the WCW magazine, and Paul doesn't say anything, but he rolls his eyes. Hmm. Does he not like Eric? Maybe. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's uh, the beginning stages of their, uh, their, their rocky existence together. Yes. Although I hear they're on good terms these days. Hmm. Um, Eric pimps a live show at the Omni tomorrow night that's gearing up. Interesting. Uh, And then he pimps Cactus Jack in the Sting feud, and we get a flashback from Fall Brawl 1991, their last encounter. Cactus Jack then has a promo about Sting. He says, you got the belt, and I don't. Uh, You got broken ribs, but I've had a bunch of them, and I never got cards and letters. Wow. He's, he's, yeah. (laughs) He's true. Stinger, you are going to feel my pain with the broken ribs. Bye-bye. Thank you. 
Um, it's yeah, it's gonna be good. Told you I had to step it up. Uh, Sting has his promo, and he's not been in a match b- like this before. It's a falls count anywhere in the whole wide world. He says. Wow, that's interesting. Here's an idea. Because they are promoting as the Gulf Coast, right? Falls kind of anywhere on the Gulf yes, Coast. Yes, but he says mistaken. in the whole wide world. The whole wide world. Like a yeah. goof. But here's here's a thought. <laughs> um, like a goof. Falls count anywhere match, but it just never ends. It's like the guys like keep trying to pin each other. And then we're like, folks, we got to get back to regular action. And uh, then they start, you know, the regular program. And then at the end, the guys come out. It's like the 24-7 title, but a a fall never happens. It's just two counts all the time. And this is how, like, these guys, like, fight for the next year. It's like they come on the show, like, and they just have their match for a little bit. And then they just run out of the arena. And then, uh, yeah. Just pitching that out there. I think they did one once with... um Who'd they do it with? Folks, uh, this match has been going on for 57 days now. Yeah, they should do something like. Well, I mean, you, I guess you could say like the 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 recent twenty four seven title. Um, yeah, but there's there's falls been. being had there. This is a match that's still like there's no finish still. Oh, okay. You know, it's it's just yeah. near counts, two falls. But all right, but all right, let me ask you this, okay? Let, let let's be technical here for a minute. I'm going to be a smart mark, if you will. <laughs> uh, the, the 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 folks that I really can't stand talking wrestling with. Um, they advertise it as falls count anywhere, meaning more than one fall. But if you pin a guy on the floor or in the parking lot and you get the one, two, three, then the match is over, correct? So shouldn't it be fall count anywhere instead of falls? Mm. Mm-hmm. Touche. Touche. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, just, you know. Or, or the the pinfall, yeah, you're yeah, pin, yeah, pinfall count when they anywhere. Say falls, yeah, yeah, falls count anywhere. It should be a it's two out like, of three falls, know. yeah, yeah. Or it, or they, or they can do that stupid stipulation, the Texas Deathmatch uh, stipulation that Randy Savage and Crush did at WrestleMania ten, yeah, yeah, where you can beat a guy, but then you got to run back to the ring and get there, you know, or get up from the ten count, sixty seconds or some bullshit like that, whatever that fucking horrible stipulation was. Yeah, um, totally ruined my experience. And you know why? Because it was because of this match with Cactus and Sting. <laughs> I had I had expectations for Savage and Crush to be, you know, just like this. And they gave us that fucking bullshit in 1994. Oh, geez. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know. Um, then we have the Beach Blast card being run down, all the matches that are going to happen there. And next week, Jim Ross will be talking with Cowboy Bill Watts about the future of WCW. Aw, shit. Here we go again. Some new stuff. Yeah. Uh, Take me through what's going on next, Dave. We got Dustin Rhodes uh, wrestling Rip Rogers. Um, Rip Rogers, um, I didn't know who he was until I, uh, I got a Twitter account. And... That dude is all over Twitter these days, basically shitting all over any kind of wrestling there is. Um, I've seen him get into it with a couple of guys in the business. Um, you know, he would talk about whatever uh, you know he didn't like he saw on TV, or if he like sometimes he'll post a video of like something that he saw on YouTube, wrestling related, and talking about how like you know it's not like it's not like in my day. You know, he's like one of those old veterans that like he doesn't understand like how the business evolves right. and 
Um, I remember there was one incident he kind of complained about on Twitter um, regarding uh, a, a way a, a match was laid out. And all of a sudden you had um, X-Pac kind of chime in and he was like, he was like, Rip, we get it. We understand. But like, you know, like wrestling has evolved. Like you can't like bury everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like I like to, I, I follow X-Pac on Twitter and I have never listened to his podcast. I hear it's pretty solid. Solid. He seems, he seems to give like a fair account of everything i think i think of everything in the business yeah Yeah. like he's he's not like one of those veterans that like is like oh well in my day you know what i mean yeah he He hasn't burned bridges that much and he hasn't been like an asshole and he doesn't shit on the current product that much and he's like he doesn't have an agenda like most of these guys do with podcasts where like they have an agenda they need to bury something and need to push something you know like he gives a fair assessment of what's out there today like good and bad, he'll come, he'll 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 talk about the bad stuff, but he'll also give you good stuff too, which I kind of think what we do as well. We give you the good and the bad, absolutely, um, with our fair assessments. And I think like I've read a lot of transcripts and a lot of interviews with him, um, and he's kind of a breath of fresh air in today's like wrestling media, where everyone craps on everything, and that's what like the purpose of us doing this show, me doing my own individual show, kicking out it too, is just. There's so much negativity in our world, just in general, but especially in the wrestling world. And he kind of is a breath of fresh air when it comes to discussing things. So um, that's my take on Rip Rogers. Rip Rogers, uh, like I said, didn't know who he was until I got Twitter. And uh, I don't follow him, but I see some of his tweets pop up on my timeline. And uh, he's um, he's got some rather interesting things to say about the current state of wrestling and how, you know, he doesn't, you know, what he feels about it. Um but yeah, he wrestled Dustin Rhodes here, and uh, Dustin Rhodes was pretty hot with the crowd. Center stage was uh, was uh, was was pretty into him, um, as they always are. So uh, yeah, it was an, it was uh, you know a standard match, but you know Dustin got the victory, and uh, you know that was that. Let's move on here. Um, because there wasn't really a whole lot to yeah, see after this match. Yeah, he just matchup. won with the Bulldog, and that was it. Rip Rogers is yeah, uh, hmm, whatever. Talk to us a little bit about the, the uh, what came next, the NWA Tag Title Tournament preview with Lance Russell and Eric Bischoff. Yeah, it's 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 crazy to have Lance Russell in this position. They should have been u- utilizing him with Jim Ross, in my opinion. Um, what a total waste to have him here with Eric Bischoff. It's not a terrible segment, but they talks they toss to the Japanese teams. Um, it's going to be Akira Nogami and Hiroshi Hase going against the Headhunters. Hiroshi Hase was a former Olympian, and also in uh, 1992, in the future, he will be a politician in Japan. He's a huge guy in Japan, like one of the most popular wrestlers ever. Um, yeah. And Akira Nogami is uh, no, no slouch as well. They'll be going against the Headhunters. Look forward to that. That should be a good match. Um, then yeah, they also um, cut to uh, the Silver Kings. Yep. Um, out of Mexico, no masks. Which, uh, no masks. Yeah. Um, you know, I liked that they at this time WCW presented a more sports kind of feel to their programming, especially with this tag title tournament. Um, you know, different teams from Japan and Mexico, Puerto Rico, and Germany, and you know all these different teams. This really worldly type event. Um, I wouldn't say it was ahead of its time, but 
I think this kind of style tournament would be very well received in today's landscape of wrestling. Like if WWE did like a tournament on the network, you know, like from full sale, like a tag team tournament, kind of like what they do with the main. Well, that NWA um, tag team tournament that they did recently had promise, but they didn't fucking like pimp it enough and they didn't promote it. Like, I don't know. It just like it was rushed in one night, I felt. Yeah, they yeah, um I think they centered that 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 um that event around uh Nick Aldis and Marty Skrull um and didn't really promote the, the the tag tournament enough. I do agree with you there. It just felt very like, all right, we're just going to slap the Crockett name on this tournament and then, you know, you know, that was that. I mean, the event itself was good. I I I, I will not lie there. I I enjoyed the I enjoyed the event. I watched it from beginning to end with the tournament, but um with the old school NWA feel to the Ring of Honor show and um, the, the the mat, you know, with the NWA logo and just, you know, having that NWA presence um, with Ring of Honor, I thought was a really nice touch. But you're right. I do feel like um, maybe they should have drawn out the tournament a little longer. They just kind of named teams and put them in there instead of like, you know. I don't know. I, I thought I thought it could have been executed a little bit better, but I guess today in, in today's social media world, today's way we view wrestling and we view television itself, I guess they didn't want to drag it out too long. Maybe in fear that like people wouldn't stay with it long enough. So, yeah. I, I think but. I think there's hope for stuff like that. I think people like continuity, and I think people like to yeah. latch on to things. Um, oh, absolutely. like you said, I think they were doing a good job here those silver kings are going to be going against the fabulous freebirds who are the u.s tag team champions and they weren't ranked well in this tournament though because they weren't shit anyhow yeah it was uh, the, the the rankings I, I i do like how they in in the hype of this tournament these teams kind of like discuss their rankings and what you know some like where they're ranked some don't like where they're ranked like the freebirds being the united states tag team champions um like I said, very interesting stuff and kind of brings like a, a, a very athletic like sports feel to the presentation, which, uh, you know, at that time uh, was um, was lacking over on the other channel. Right. Um, then we go to Jim, who is with us in the studio and he tosses to the main event in the ring that's not in the studio. This is the first time happening for us here on this show. Am I not right? Yeah. They were in the they were in a bigger arena. I forget where they well, were. Well, they weren't filming they, in the studio for this main event. They weren't yeah. center stage, yeah, which was interesting. I wonder, I wonder why that was the case, but uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, in front of a larger crowd, uh, I guess you could say, um, in the arena, two out of three falls. TV title: Arn Anderson and Barry Windham. Um, Windham scored the first fall. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised at the 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 the. the the way that um, Barry Windham's character was positioned in the in the first fall in this match, he was more the aggressor. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, and I thought like, I mean, granted, I guess you know, you got to tell a story, but I was I was kind of surprised at how much of an aggressor Windham well, was to someone like Arn Anderson. Again, um, I think who, this is um, the history with these guys, him and Arn. Yep. But also, this yeah. is going to tell a story for the future of Barry Windham, as well as the guy that who we saw earlier, his quote-unquote brother at the time, Dustin Rhodes, his tag team partner. As the That's Dangerous right. Alliance is uh, 
falling apart, as we'll see as as you continue to run this down. Um, it, there could be stuff going on with Sting's squadron in the future. Yes. So these are yes. shades of it with Barry Windham being an aggressor here as the WCW TV yes. champion. Absolutely. Um, second fall, you know, kind of went back to, you know, business as usual. Arn really kind of taking over control of the match. Um, working on Wyndham slow and methodical, but um, there were like little hints of, uh, you know, uh, comebacks in Wyndham's offense. Um, paced very well, and you, could, and you could see things are just starting to pick up in this fall with Arn getting um the uh the, the the second the second fall tying it up at one spine uh, buster one, one fall apiece spine buster <laughs> for the and you know Wyndham's a lot older I'm gonna say a lot older but he's much older in this match and a little bit heavier and the um the the spine buster didn't I mean it was good but like it didn't have that like that oomph that you know that little I don't know Anderson when he used to slap that spine buster on a guy man he used to he used to deliver it and it was like lightning quick. In this case, like it looked like he really had to work to lift Wyndham up to, uh, to, to, to put him on the map. But it was a good finish and, uh, you know, tied things up at one apiece between, two, between both guys. Yeah, and then uh, they continue on, but who comes out? Oh, hell yeah, goddammit. Um, <laughs> Goddamn, kid. Yeah. Steve Austin comes which, out and causes a DQ, which I don't know if... Um, <clears throat> Uh, Anderson was necessarily happy with. We didn't really get to see too much because the bell's rung and we kind of go off the air, folks. This was an hour and a half fucking episode as well. I'm getting tired yeah. of these. Because um. <laughs> it's a lot yeah, of um, slow-paced wrestling. I mean, I, d- I don't mind it, but, you know, sometimes, yeah. like we said, the this was this ended in a DQ. This was strange because I think it's the dangerous know, lines falling apart. Yeah, I think this is like another layer of, of like you said, the, the breakup. First it was Zabisco. Now it's, you know, some you know, Austin causing costing Anderson the T V title, which, you know, um it just didn't make any sense. I mean, I granted all right, let me retract that statement. It makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. It makes sense. In regards to Austin's history with Barry Windham, because the last few episodes of Marking Out the Days we've discussed, um, both you know two out of three falls matches with Austin and Windham, Windham defeating him in the second two out of three falls match for the TV title, um, you know Austin probably wanted his revenge and that's why he, you know, jumped in and attacked Windham. But it doesn't make sense in regards to the fact that Arn Anderson was vying for the TV title and his stablemate. Stunning Steve Austin cost him the victory. Um, and there was no kind of recognition of that between the two of them. Um, you know, because the, you know, the after, you know, at the end, the, they would go off the air um, fairly quickly. Um, and we would get, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and find out. But I just found that to be rather interesting that uh, it cost him the TV championship. So, you know, like you said, maybe this is the, the beginning of the implosion of the dangerous alliance. Yeah. We'll see as we continue to mark out the days here at weekend warriors. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, So what do you, what are you going with this week? I'm going with, have you been keeping score? Where are we at? Um, I think we are mainly at WCW. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go back and then I will continue to keep score. I I lost my tally card, but I I believe we are at WCW. 
Okay, I think WCW Saturday Night is taking the lead. I think they have a significant lead over WWF Superstars. Me too. Um, this week, either show was nothing to write home no. about. I felt very... Um, I felt like for 45 minutes on Superstars, they crammed a lot of shit in. And there was a lot of stuff in there. And the only thing really of significance was, I guess... I guess it was... The, the the Papa Shango interview, maybe? I don't know. I mean, there was really anything that, like, came out of me where I was like, ooh, like, that was a highlight. Like, it was just kind of like a bunch of, like, recap um, and maybe some continuity. I, actually, you know what? The one bright spot was probably the Beverly Brothers segment with the kid in the front row um, with, the, with the LOD foam spike pads and, and the painting of them. Um, but... WCW Saturday night, it barely takes the victory this week over superstars. Yes. Now, the only reason why I say that is because they had some good, solid marquee matchups. Me too. Yeah, um, I, I agree. With Steamboat Nikita against DDP and Morton, and then the main event with Arn and Barry for the TV title, two out of three falls. That's what I. That's what gives them the edge, is that they're giving you quality... Um, you know, marquee matchups as opposed to WWF where it's just superstar versus enhancement. Oh, talent. that Bret Hart match was so quick. Talent. The Texas Tornado match was real quick. It's like nothing. Yeah. Every match was very, very quick. Um, just, you know, and I mean, that was the status quo at that time for WWF, which in some ways can be good because you're, you're, you're building a character and you're trying to accentuate the positives of that character. And that's what enhancement talent is for to make the superstar look good. But at the same time, you also got to give me a little bit of, you know, a little bit of competition, a little bit of action, you know, something with, you know, a little bit more excitement. And that's what WCW kind of provides for me on the other end. There's, you know, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, main event, TV title, two out of three falls, you know, mm-hmm. uh, barely, but they, they barely win this week. Yeah. They barely pull it out. Um, we will have a rundown tally next week for you guys. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up right here. <clears throat> I have an older TV. I mean, I have a, a flat screen TV, but it's like one uh-huh. of those USB plug in HDMI type deals. So I have an gotcha. HDMI to a PlayStation 3. I don't have like a PlayStation 4 or any smart TV downstairs in my living room. I have one in my bedroom, uh-huh. but it has to like use my phone for the network to stream onto my TV. And that's how I gotcha. watch these episodes. So lately it's been kind of glitching on my TV from the phone on my smart TV upstairs. So I went to uh-huh. go use the old school PlayStation 3 and to the TV the network is not supported on there anymore. Yeah, there's a few different um, there's a few different uh, streaming devices and services that are no longer supported on the network. I know Fucking that WWE lame. Network is going to be. Well, I think what they're doing it they're going through a um, they're going to be going through some changes later on this summer. They're going to be debuting like a new um, they're going to be partnering with a new streaming service, a, a new provider. Um, and I think this is where we're going to see the beginning stages of a tiered network system where it's like there's going to be different price points. You know, $9.99 gets you this, $12.99 gets you this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So um, I think they're going through a little bit of a process with this new um, service that they're using because they went through the same company that um, designed and um, and ran the uh, the Major League Baseball uh, MLB network streaming service. Okay, well, hopefully it's, um, it's a better it's a better like 
user interface. So I think I think those use I think those users don't support um, or don't work with or aren't licensed with um, like you said PlayStation Three and different other streaming Sucks. services. But uh, yeah, um, I'm lucky enough where I still have it on my it's still on my Roku. I have a Roku device attached to my TV because I don't have a smart TV, so I I can watch it. Um, in my bedroom, and then I have an Amazon Fire Stick, and it's still supported on Amazon. Yeah, I'm going to have to do it um, the Fire Stick way. I'm going to have to invest in one of those because the smart TV use, using my phone, it kind of, sometimes it's not always, you know, the best. And uh, Yeah. Oh, man. Always something with technology. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. We, we're both very familiar with the, the, the glitches and the, 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 the peaks and valleys when it comes to technology. Yeah. Well, folks, I enjoyed this episode. Dave, I enjoyed this episode. As usual, marking out the days here with you. Where can we find you? And then we'll sign off. We are here at Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on Podbean by searching Retromania with a W. Writing to us, retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Retromania with a W. Twitter, Retromania Pod. And we will be updating very soon after my final next week. Thanks for hanging in there, brothers. Dave. Yeah, um, kicking out at two. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. You can hit that like button. You can find all links to archive shows on our Facebook page, pictures, memes, articles, debates and discussions, all kinds of fun going on over there, as well as our Twitter handle. Our handle is at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two. And you can also find archived links to kicking out at two over on the retro mania pro wrestling podcast network over on Podbean. You can also search for kicking out at two through the retro mania pro wrestling podcast network on all podcast platforms available. Google play, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iTunes until iTunes shuts down and all the podcast platforms available. You can find kicking out a two through the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Just search Retromania and you'll find all the backlog ar- backlogged archive shows of kicking out. A yeah, two. just a, just a note, everybody. iTunes is shutting down, but the podcast app is still available. So if you do have an Apple device, just Get the podcast app. It's already on your phone and already iTunes will be gone. iTunes was just a big catalog of, uh, you know, movies, this. Now they're they're doing what I guess the WWE is going to do. They're separating all those. So you'll have a movie category. You'll have your podcast category. You can find us there in the podcast category. Hello, hello, hello. All right. Goodbye, goodbye, (laughs) goodbye, goodbye. (laughs) All right. I'll catch you next week. Take care.